Thanks be to God. I was in a conversation recently, and um, I'm going to talk about something now I don't ever talk about in church. Um, the college team to which my allegiance lies. I know, open road, yeah. And, some, and somebody added, I, I will, they will remain nameless. Um, but someone asked me, said, Andy, why do you root for them? No one in your, col- your family went to college. You've got no family allegiance to this some say the school up north. Um, <laughs> Why did you root for them? I, I said, that's a great question. I said, growing up, all I wanted, all I desired from the time I was old enough to remember was I wanted to be a doctor. I, that's all I wanted. I grew up from the time I was old enough to know what somebody could do for a living, I wanted to be a doctor. My goal was to go to college Go to University Medical Center, move back to Bogachita, and be a pediatrician. That, that's all, all I wanted for my life was that right there. So that's what I proceeded then to do. Now, of course, the Lord had different plans. And so there I am, not at that other school, but at Mississippi College, majoring in chemistry. And you could have looked across the whole of the world and you would not have found someone more miserable than me at that point. My, my grades were good. It wasn't academically. I was doing fine. I was very involved with the campus, very involved. I was president of the American Chemical Society there for the school. I was very involved and doing great and everything looked good. But the thought of going to med school and doing that just made me, I, I, not a single bone in my body wanted to do that. It made me miserable to think about it. I had no peace. So I thought, well... I'm not called to med school. Maybe there's two types of big picture chemistry fields. One is the pre-med way, and the other is called the ACS, American Chemical Society. I said, well, maybe, maybe my calling, maybe my desire in life is to be a research chemist. So I switched over for a semester or so and did research. I would go to the lab at 7 in the morning and stay there till 9 at night. I was like a mole person. I never saw the sun. And I was more miserable than before. I said, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do? I love, always loved history. I said, well, maybe I need to major in history and be a teacher. I didn't know. And I was sitting at a retreat on the Gulf Coast, praying like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I have no peace. I have no peace. I have no peace. My future's uncertain. What am I going to do? I have no peace, Lord. What am I supposed to do? And I was praying. The Lord took me back to a conversation I had with Brother Curtis Lott outside a cabin at Camp Wesley Pines. And I told Brother Curtis, I said, Brother Curtis, there's something inside me and wants to tell folks about Jesus. And for about 10 years, I ran from that as far as I could. And I was miserable. I had no peace. It wasn't until I looked at God and said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I'll, I'll do it. If that's what you want, I'll do it. In that moment, I had peace. Now, why did I have peace? Because I had not trusted God with my future. I was trying to do what others wanted me to do. I was trying to do what I was raised to do. I was trying to do what my community thought I should do. I was trying to do what I thought I wanted to do. When in my heart, I knew what God had called me to, but I was afraid. 
had no peace. It wasn't until I realized that. It wasn't until I trusted God with my future. It wasn't until I let go of everyone else's expectations for me and, frankly, even my own expectations for me and told God, whatever you want, I'll do. It was at that moment when I had peace. Now, I'm a worrier. I'm a big fan of worry. And I know my worrying works because 95% of the things I worry about never happen. So obviously my worrying must be working. Must be keeping that bad stuff at bay, right? But I imagine I'm not the only one. I often joke, worry is genetic because we get it from our mamas or our daddies, don't we? I know I come from a long line of worriers. What do we do about it? We know there's got to be more to life than this. We know God didn't create us for this. What do we do when these worries over, overwhelm us? Well, I think the story of Haman today, of, of, of Mordecai today, gives us a good insight into that. We look at Mordecai in Scripture. Two interesting things with Mordecai today. First, remember last week we talked about how Mordecai talked to Queen Esther and said, Hey, you stand up, you help, you save our people. Awesome. Or you don't. Awesome. Either way, we're going to be fine. You can choose to have courage. You can choose to be obedient and do the right thing and save us, and that's wonderful, and your family will be celebrated. Or you can choose not to. That's fine. And salvation will come from another way. In the midst of a fearful moment, Mordecai was at peace. Why? Because he trusted He trusted that salvation would come. Even if he didn't know where it would come from, he trusted. He trusted that salvation would come for him and his people. He had faith that God would provide even in that moment. He had faith when it was difficult. He trusted when there was no reason to. He trusted. He had peace. Today, the story we heard about how Mordecai saved the king's life. And like, I don't know about y'all. But, like, if I save the king's life, that's a big deal. That's going on my business card. I had a guy in one of my churches that worked for military intelligence. Some of y'all remember Slobodan Milosevic? He called him. I told him, I said, dude, like, if I called Slobodan, that'd be my business card. Andy Stoddard, I called Slobodan, and I'd hand that out. Like, everybody would know how awesome I was. Look at Mordecai. Sing at the king's gate. He had not yet received the honor that he was due. He had peace. He trusted God, even when he did not get the praise that he had rightfully earned, even when he did not get the honor that was rightfully his, he still trusted. He still had faith. He had peace because even though things were uncertain, he knew a certain God. He had peace in times of fear and he had peace in times of plenty because in both those times, God was still God. He had peace because he trusted. In our lives, we have things to worry about, don't we? Sam talked about 
as parents, gosh, how fearful is it to let our kids go into a big world? How fearful is it to live in the world that seems so uncertain nowadays? We have fears for ourselves, for our spouses, for our children, for our parents, for our health, for their health. For who are, what our kids will do with their lives. We have fears and doubts in so many ways, in so many places. And these things can rob our sleep, rob our joy, impact our life. Let us not fully live, fully experience the glory of God. These worries, these fears, these doubts, they can be overwhelming at times. They can be paralyzing at times. They can fill our life with such anguish at times. And believe me, you can ask my wife, I speak from experience on this. And I found in my life, I found in my life, the areas in which I'm most afraid, the areas in which I have the most worry, the areas in which I have, I am overcome the most, are the areas that I have not fully trusted God with. They're the areas I keep to myself. They're the worries that I worry for myself because I know at least I'm doing something. To let go and let God have it completely is not something that I'm good at. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. That area of your life right now that's keeping you awake at night, that area of your life right now that's destroying relationships. That area of your life that is sucking every bit of energy that you have in your body. And that makes you think over and over and over and over and over again, God, I cannot do this. I can't do this. I can't keep doing this. Have we trusted it with God? Paul says in Romans that we are a living sacrifice. And that's great, but the great thing about living sacrifice is sometimes we get up and walk off the altar. So when we lay it down and then we pick it up, we have to lay it back down. Daily dying to self. Daily dying to worship. Man, I wish I could lay at the altar one time, be done with it, walk away and go about my life. But that's not the way it works most times, is it? Daily, daily, daily. Have you trusted God with that area? And do you need to retrust Him today with that area? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have you trusted God in that area of your life? Today, may he have all of us. Let us pray.